0: If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in.
1: Hey there, friends. My name is Brooke McLaughlin, and I'm your co-host for the Million Praying Moms podcast. You are listening to a brand new bonus series where I'm interviewing all of the amazing women who contributed to my newest book, releasing August the 3rd, Praying mom, making prayer the first and best response to motherhood. Have the words, God, I need you to do something in my children, ever found their way into your desperate prayers? Do you feel helpless to know how to equip your children for this world and everything it's going to throw at them? Have you ever prayed, God, I can't be the mom they need? I need you to help me. If so, you're not alone. The good news is that there is a way to stay connected with the one who has all the answers so you can be the mom you need to be. When my children were little, I was faced with the undeniable fact that my best efforts fell woefully short of my goal to produce Godly Children. I knew if God didn't show up, nothing would change in my home. So I began to pray scripture for my children, and both my life and my children's lives were transformed. Yours can be too. Over the years, I've learned that while prayer is the most important part of Christian parenting, many moms feel stifled in their prayers and so continue to feel helpless and hopeless. Do you feel like you don't know what or how to pray? Like you don't know if your prayers really matter? Like you can't pray until you get your life together? Or maybe you just feel like you're too busy to pray. Praying Mom will have you making prayer your first and best response to every aspect of family life and thriving as a mom full of hope in the God who can, even if you can't. You can pre-order it now anywhere books are sold. And when you do, you'll get access to some pretty amazing bonuses, like two extra chapters that weren't even included in the book, audio prayers, that's actually me praying every single prayer in the book, about 75 or so of them, over your family, and access to my prayer huddle, where I'm equipping you to program prayer into your daily life. If live teaching with me as your prayer coach, live prayer, a free digital prayer journal, and prayer check-ins sounds good to you, pre-order your copy of Praying Mom today. Just visit www.brookmclaughlin.net forward slash pre-order to get started. Today, I have someone with me who is no stranger to this podcast. She has served this ministry in various ways, very important ways over the years, most notably providing a balancing girl mom perspective. Because as you know, Erin and I have all boys. Terry Lynn Underwood has been our dear friend and a champion of praying scripture, which she talks about in her book, Praying for Girls, Asking God for the Things They Need Most. And as she shares her own struggle with prayer, Inside of Praying Mom. You're going to want to purchase the book to see how she overcame. Terry Lynn, thank you so much for being here today. Tell everybody a little bit about you and your family. Hi, Brick. I'm so glad to be
2: here. Um, as you said, I'm Terry Lynn Underwood, and I had the great privilege of writing sort of a companion book to Praying for Boys. And so I wrote Praying for Girls in 2017. And not a week passes that I don't hear from somebody who says how much. They've enjoyed or been encouraged by reading the books. So I'm so grateful for that opportunity. Um, I have one daughter, Cassidy, who is 21 and a nurse, and uh, my husband, Scott, is a pastor. So we live that kind of life. I actually am currently enrolled and working on my master's degree to become an elementary teacher, early childhood. So my life has taken a really interesting turn. And at the same time, I see that God has just been preparing me every step of the way to um, just love on and encourage students and teachers and administrators and get to use all
1: the gifts that he's given me and the experiences that I've had in this new way. So I'm really excited. I know it's very exciting to watch that happen. I love it. Sometimes God just really pivots us in another direction, but everything that we have experienced leading up to that is just to prepare us for it. So I love that. Um, so as you know, I'm asking each of the contributors to Praying Mom to answer the same two questions during this bonus series. And so far, the answers have been so diverse, even though those questions are the same. So I really just cannot wait to hear what you have to share. So let's jump right in. And the number one question or question number one is, why does prayer matter to you? You know, when I read the question, I thought, I don't, I've never really thought about
2: that. You know, and so I did what all, you know, good researcher people do. I went to my prayer journals and looked at how I pray and what I pray and kind of, I tried to pick some from different times in my life just to kind of see the evolution. And I think what I would say today as someone who is almost 50 and has been walking with the Lord for, you know, the last 30 years of my life, what I would say is prayer matters to me because it reminds me who God is. And who I am Hmm. and that pushes me to a place of submission and dependence, but also great joy and peace because because of who he is, I don't have to be in charge of things and I don't have to know what's going to happen next and I don't have to do it. And so prayer keeps me in that place of rightly knowing myself and rightly knowing God And it alleviates that pressure that as a type A kind of person, I would normally put on myself to be always in control and always doing my very best and always accomplishing and achieving. And it gives me freedom to really walk in peace
1: and joy because I can lay every burden down with him and trust him with all of them. That's so good. I love that you use the word freedom because I think it's it's our human nature and maybe more for some of us who have that type A personality. Maybe it's harder for us than it is for other people, but I think it probably lives in every human heart. And that is the desire to be in control of our lives, right? And And to want to be able to fix things ourselves. And certainly our culture tells us that we should be able to fix things for ourselves, but it actually has been such a relief to me, and you use the word freedom, freedom and relief, to realize just to let that burden go and say, I actually don't have to function that way. And placing myself in the hands and and my children and my husband and and the, all the people and, and situations that I care about, placing them in God's hands, I actually trust Him so much more than I would trust myself. And it's a relief to know that I can do that and have this big, strong, you know, I think of that song that we learned when we were kids, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. When we really just embrace that, and say, God, you know better, and God, you're stronger, and you're, you know, you have more wisdom, when we let go of our desire, when we really focus on who God is, and let who God is, inform us about who we are, there is a freedom there. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I, I've seen that as I looked at my journals, I realized that is a progression. And so I do want to say right here that there have been times in my life when prayer has been, um, just what I did, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what I was supposed to do, Yeah, <laughs> you know, out yeah. of obligation. It was, it was kind of on the checklist. There have been times in my life when prayer has been, um, when I'm desperate, that's what I do.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think, and none of that is necessarily wrong.
2: Right, right. And different, I just- Different stages yes, of life. Yes. Yes. And I I cannot separate my prayer life from my Bible life. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I share this in my book, and we've talked about this a lot, mm-hmm. that I- gained confidence in prayer when I realized I didn't have to have the right words Mm -hmm. that I could pray God's word back to him. Mm -hmm. And I think that to me has was such a pivotal experience in my life to be able to say, I don't I don't have to know how to do this because God's word is going to teach me how to do it. And not only is it going to teach me, literally God is going to give me the script Mm -hmm. (laughs) for praying to him. And I think that helps me because if all my prayers are, are just saying, Lord, you know, like right now I'm doing, leading a group through the Psalms this summer. And this morning we read Psalm one, two, and three. And so I landed on verse two in Psalm one that said, you know, talks about our delight, now delight in your word, you know, and I meditate on it all the time. And so naturally, as I read that, I'm like, okay, that's my prayer. And I think, That gives me freedom because again, that's that reminder that God is sufficient and I can rest in that his sufficiency. I don't have to be all that. And we do live in a world that tells us, you know, that we do have to be all that. And so it's a constant battle for our affection and our attention. And then to give that back to God through prayer, that has been
1: what has been the sweetest gift of prayer in my life. I love that. Okay. So let's move into story time. I would love it if you would share a time that God transformed you or your family through prayer.
2: Well, I, again, I have thought, I thought a lot about this in a lot of different times, and there are a lot of examples that I could give, but I think I'm going to choose the one that's most recent. Last April in 2020, at the very kind of beginning of all the COVID whatever, um, Scott's mom, who had been diagnosed two years before with cancer, passed away. And it was literally the most devastating thing, I think, that's happened to me in my life. I was, I was prepared to lose her and had been doing that slow, long grief for two years, um, but it wrecked me. Um, I, I couldn't think I couldn't function. I barely could read. I didn't do I did not do Bible study at all. And um, probably from April to into this year, like it was probably close to a year before I actually picked up an, a real Bible study to dig into the word. I found myself just kind of almost doing that, you know, flip your Bible open and where you land, you know, experience, because I couldn't, I just couldn't wrap myself around, um, what had happened. And I just, I felt that loss so profoundly. And what I discovered is every day I opened God's word and he met me there when I had no system, no anything, which is very uncommon for me. Um, and in his word every day, no matter where I turned was exactly what i needed for that day. And i i think in all of that what i really began to understand is in the lord's prayer when jesus says, you know, give us this day our daily bread. Um i've always understood that at like a kind of a cognitive level, like obviously god's word is our sustenance. And i i talked about this and taught about this, but for the first time in my life what i literally experienced was That when I opened God's word, there was the very morsel of himself and of his truth that I needed in that moment for that day. And it wasn't dependent on me being in the right reading plan or using the right guide. It was just truly that his word was sufficient and provided me with what I needed. And I think that really helped me as someone who tends to be somebody who's more systematic and more like, okay, develop a plan. Let's have a plan. We've got to have a plan. And to realize that I don't have to have a plan because God's plan is for me and for me to know him. And so when I don't, I don't have a plan, it doesn't matter because my plan never supersedes his plan. Yeah, And he's going to meet me when I am incapable of figuring out how to meet him. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I hope that's encouraging to people because I think the last year, year and a half have been so traumatic for most of us. Mm -hmm. And I cannot count how many friends I have that have said, I just, I can't, I, I can't, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to process. And even as we're seeming to begin to come out of some of that, we still have that just uncertainty about what do we do next. And there is great comfort for me in knowing that all I have to do is say, Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Yeah. And He is going to say to me what He knows that I need for this day, yeah, for this moment, for this hour. And then he will meet me and sustain me through the rest of it. And I, I pray with all of my heart that that is encouraging to someone who's listening, because I don't think my experience is unique. Like I think a lot of people in the last year have felt that, you know, always been confident and able to stay sustained in the word and, you know, dig in and and then found themselves just kind of wandering and, you know, just what do I do? And, and desiring the lord but just not having the mental capacity or yes. emotional capacity to get there and to know that god meets us there like yes. that to me has been so transformative in my life and my
1: understanding about who god is and how he loves us i love that you i don't know if you remember this conversation we had a conversation several months ago now it's it's well it's been over a year actually Um, Our family went through a significant loss when I lost my nephew. And I remember you pointed me to Psalm 40 at that time. So I'm just going to read that because I really feel like it's a reflection. I'll just use the read the first few verses. It's really a reflection of what you just said. It says in verse one, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Sometimes we just have to wait on the Lord. Sometimes we just have to be obedient and go to his word and then just sit there and wait for him to give us what we need. And it, it, that really, what you just said really uh, reminded me of that. But also that even now, as you're sharing that with other people, you're fulfilling verse three, where it says, many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. God's given you that testimony to go and share with other people who have been through something similar, which as you said, most of us have felt that sense of loss in in the last year in some capacity or another. Um, So I love that so much. Terry Lynn, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. I would love it if you would just to wrap up our time today, share one verse that you're praying for your family right now, and we will actually make it available to our online family um, to download for free in their show notes. So what's your one verse for right now? Okay. Well, I spent
2: all of Lent in Psalm 51. And so um, the verse that, and I have it written, which nobody can see this except for it. We're, but like I have it written down on this, <laughs> it, right in front of me all the time when I'm in the word. And when I'm at my desk, it says Create in me a clean heart. Um, and then I have in parentheses written pure and inner self. Oh God. And renew a right spirit which is a stable disposition within me. So it's created me a clean heart O God and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 5110. And I just, that verse and those, that kind of explanation of wanting a pure and fair inner self and a stable disposition that has just been what I have prayed for myself and for our family, um, So much in the last year and so much in the last few months, just especially that stable disposition, what a gift to have, to be someone that's dependable, that's stable, that people know what to expect. And I, I pray that for myself more probably than my husband and my daughter, because they are both pretty stable people and I'm (laughs) far more emotional, but um, I just, that has resonated with me and stuck with me. And so that has been that I have just
1: consistently gone back to you over the last few months to pray. Thank you for that. All right, Terry Lynn, tell everybody how they can follow you online if they'd like to learn more about the ministry that you do. Um, you can find me at com, And currently,
2: I, well, I'm pretty active on Instagram and Facebook. I share minute meditations every morning. So um, I would love for anyone who wants just a little shot Um, It's kind of like an espresso of um, God's word first thing in the morning, just a verse or two and a little simple prayer every morning. So if that's the sort of thing that would
0: encourage you, I would
2: love to have you follow me on Facebook and Instagram.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. Before you go, make sure you have grabbed your copy of Brooke's newest book, Praying Moms, making prayer the first and best response to the challenges of motherhood. If you feel helpless to know how to equip your children for this world and all it will throw at them, and need help creating a game plan that will never fail you, this book is for you. Inside, you'll find biblical, heart-level solutions to the challenges that are keeping you from being an effective praying mom. You can find links to purchase Praying Mom anywhere books are sold in our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com.
1: You can also connect with our community of Praying Moms by hanging out with us on Instagram at millionprayingmoms or by visiting us at millionprayingmoms.com. And don't forget, with each new episode, we offer five free scripture-based prayers based on that show's topic. Simply visit millionprayingmoms.com and sign up to get yours sent to your inbox right away. Till next time.